As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And welcome to the Molyneux View podcast with me, Jackie Oakley, and your Wolves correspondent from The Athletic, Tim Spears. Hello, Tim. Queen of Codsall, never in doubt. (laughs) Sheriff of Stafford, oh, never in doubt at all. And we have a real-life footballer joining us tonight as we record after the Leeds Wolves game. He played for Wolves under Nuno, and he's now flying with Gillingham with five goals already this season, and he's good enough to stay up for us. Jordan Graham. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jackie. Thank you for having me once again. Oh, brilliant to have you back. So Leeds United nil, Wolves won, which at half-time seemed the only scoreline that was possibly going to come out of that game. Wasn't it, Tim? I was texting you at half-time, wasn't I? Saying, you're going to win nice and easy. (laughs) (laughs) Never in doubt. Um, I I don't know why we bother watching Wolves first halves these days. But we go through this same rigmarole every time of like, oh, they're playing poorly, um, another bad night. And then every single second half, I think... About 70% of their last 60 goals have all come in the second half. It's something ridiculous like that. And it ends up looking like a purposeful, you know, slow and steady first half, grow into the game, tie leads out and then hit them on the break kind of performance um, by design rather than accident. Now, whether it it didn't look like that in the first half, did it really? Um, But somehow, despite only playing well in a couple of like 20-minute chunks this season in terms of free-flowing football... First 20 against Sheffield, a bit against Man City and then a decent second half tonight. Wolves are sixth in the table. It's crazy really, but you've you've got to pay tribute and laud them for their defensive organisation, which I thought really came to the fore in the second half. And Leeds didn't lay a glove on them in the last half an hour. And Leeds have scored a lot of goals this season and they're, and they're a fit and well-drilled team. So it's a really impressive achievement to go to Ellen Road tonight and a clean sheet and a win. Yeah, Raul Jimenez officially with a goal. That could potentially get yeah, it was on target, but it was on target, it? wasn't it? Yeah. So there we go. They just love to take him away, don't they? With a lot of help from Connor Cody's new England teammate Calvin Phillips, and Wolves have rocketed up from fifteenth in the Premier League table to a rather healthy-looking sixth. They're above the likes of Tottenham, Chelsea, West Ham, and Man City, which 
If you ask most Wolves fans about the start to the season, they'd be a little bit doom and gloom given the performances, but it's um, it's certainly a platform to build on. Jordan, what did you make of the game at Elland Road and the performance? I thought it was quite Wolves-esque, really. Um, I feel like they... Sometimes it can come across as uh, it's quite boring in the first half. And I mean, Jack, we've spoke about it before, about them not scoring enough goals in the first half and, and seeming to win games in the second half. But I, I'm starting to believe, you know, it's 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 a common theme. I think it's probably part of what their their makeup is and what they're trying to do. They, they're they normally really hard to break down for, for 90 minutes. And that's obviously first half and second half. Uh, I think Leeds are really really good um i think they're a really good side uh and i mean they've showed that already this season you know they've gone toe to toe with man city they 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 liverpool on the first game of the season uh when they just lost anfield 4-3 i think they're expansive you know they play uh they've got a lot of uh, mobility in the team they they've got options all over the pitch they play really expansive football and i think wolves second half they just seem to stop all of Leeds's ideas they kind of look like they ran out of ideas and from the first half I think they look really dangerous especially with um Romain obviously playing out of position at wing back um I think they had quite a bit of joy down the right hand side with Aileen making the overlapping runs and and Helder looked quite dangerous and uh they didn't really create too much in the first half of Leeds they had a lot of the ball uh, they had a lot of the ball overall in the game I think I saw the possession stat was like 68 percent to or 70% or something ludicrous like that. But they didn't actually look that threatening, even in the first half. And then second half, I think Wolves just came out and and just completely killed all their ideas and they really dominated the game. Um, and I actually think it was quite a solid second half performance from Wolves. And I'd, I'd say going on the second half, they definitely deserved at least a draw, if not the win. The first half, second half thing, it, it does baffle me a little bit. I think it's... I think it is partly by design. They do like to, to set their stall out and sit deep and soak up a bit of pressure early on and, and suss teams out. But then when they did get the ball in the final third in the first half, there was just no kind of creativity there. They weren't finding each other with their passes. It was a bit sloppy. And it just t- it turned around instantly in the second half. They looked the better team from second one in the second half. Jordan, I wonder, from your experience with Nuno, what's he like at half-time? Is he, is he a throwing teacups kind of guy or is he kind of short, simple messages? How's his yeah, no, he's, he's 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 quite he's 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 quite chilled. Yeah, um, I haven't actually really ever seen him lose it. To be honest, he's he is quite composed. He's quite calm, um, and he believes in what he says, what he practices. Uh, he always believes it will prevail in the end. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't had any crazy uh, hair dry treatment. No, he's he's very he's very relaxed, and I think that's that's him to a T because that's how he is. You know, he's. He's a calm guy and he genuinely does believe in in the way that he wants the, the team to play, the way he wants he sets the team up. They work very hard on formation, position, like where they are on the pitch positionally during the game, uh, in training. It's very repetitive. Um, there isn't too much in training that you'd, you'd stand there and be like, oh, wow, this is different or this is crazy. It's very much same thing, same drills all the time. Uh, and that's why I think the players are really comfortable out there in their positions because they know exactly what they want to do. They know exactly how they're trying to play. They rarely change it up. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen them change formation. Sometimes they'll go a little bit more attacking with 3-4-3. Sometimes it's 5-3-2, but it's very similar. And that obviously has its pros and cons because sometimes teams know exactly what you're going to do. And they kind of, I think most teams know exactly how Wolves are going to play and exactly how Wolves are going to set up before the game. They pretty much know exactly what players are going to play. But for some reason, they 
they never seem to be able to stop Wolves. So Wolves are a very good side, and I think Leeds deserve a lot of credit because they're. I personally think they're a fantastic team, and Wolves just looked like they just killed them in the second half. They didn't. They didn't have anything going forward. Leeds, and I think it's a fantastic win for Wolves. Because we often use kind of cliches in, in in the media when a team starts the second half so well. Oh, they must have had a rollicking from the manager at half time, and that's how Wolves often look to me because they always increase their intensity and their tempo. But from what you're saying, it sounds like it's more sort of positive reinforcement as, as to what the team needs to do to improve rather than kind of calling people out in the dressing room for what they're doing wrong. Would that be right? 100% Tim, yeah. That's 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 exactly how it is. Uh, that's just because, you know, like I said, we always have a philosophy. The, the manager has a philosophy of what he wants to do and, and how he wants the team to play. And for me, per, well, personally anyway, what, what I just think we always need to be a little bit careful on is that they don't become boring and... I think if we look back to when Wolves were in the championship, uh, when Nuno first came and they got promoted and they just walked to the championship, they looked like a really exciting team. Now, obviously, there's a, a huge gulf in class between the championship and the Premier League. You know, you don't go from playing Notts Forest and Chef Wednesdays, you go to play Chelsea and Man United and Arsenal. It's it's completely different. But they, they were a lot more exciting to watch uh, for me in the championship and maybe even in the first season in the Premier League. But I think now they need to be careful they don't fall into that you know oh well we kind of know what we're going to get from Wolves it's kind of a stay in there be defensive be solid in the first half and then try and nick a win in the second half they don't really want to be labelled as a team like that so I think they do need to find a way of becoming a little bit more expansive because I think if you think of the likes of Leeds now for example just because they played Leeds tonight they're kind of known as a fun team to watch that they went toe-to-toe with Man City for 90 minutes I think probably gave one of the best Premier League games I've seen in a long time and I'm not saying that Wolves need to be that expansive, but they just need to be careful they don't become a team that is known for staying in the game in the first half and then trying to nick a one or two nil in the second half. But other than that, Tim, I think they're, they are really, really good. I, I enjoy watching Wolves. I know exactly what they're going to do normally, but I still seem to enjoy every game. Well, Connor Cody, after the game, was asked about the first half, second half difference. And he said that, you know, we'd love to go in 5-0 up at half time, but the Premier League is tough. He says the game plan is to manage the game as much as possible. He said we'd never played against this team, Bielsa's leads in the Premier League. So we wanted to see how they played and managed the game. So it does seem as though it's by design that they ease their way into the game very, very slowly. But this is coming at a week-on-week thing that apart from that opening game at Sheffield United when they came flying out of the blocks and scored two goals very, very quickly... It is, for Wolves fans, fairly, I don't want to say dull, because it's almost like you should be grateful for three wins out of your first five games, way better than last season, and the best in the top flight since the 70s, for example. But um, do you think they need to change that approach, or is it okay for them to just feel their way into the season by starting the the games very slowly? Personally, uh, I think that they are a really well-drilled team, first and foremost, and that is hard to come by it's not as easy as a lot of football fans think um it's tough to be a hard team to break down uh it's 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 probably one of the hardest things in football to become a solid solid side and i think wolves are really really solid um of course then it's the next challenge is then to find that balance between obviously being a team that's really hard to break down and being a really exciting expansive team um, but you know, I think Wolves have they've, 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 they've done really well since they've been in the Premier League, and they, like I say, they know exactly what they're doing. And it's it's tough to be like that. I mean, there's there's some big teams in the Premier League that 
are struggling to, 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 to do what Wolves are doing. I mean, you look at Chelsea, they've gone and spent, what, 250 odd million. And it seems to be like they're conceding two or three or four goals every the game. And for, for them to win games at the moment, they're having to score three or four. And I mean, that's never really the case with Wolves. So, like I say, I mean, it's, it's I, we're, I'm, well, I'm being super critical at the moment because they are obviously doing really well. They've had a great start. But I, I do know that a lot of Wolves fans are, like, like you said, they're a little bit down in the first half because they kind of know what the first half's going to be like. And it was actually quite a shock to me. I remember watching the first game of the season against Sheffield United um, when they scored the fast counter-break goal with Raul. And I remember thinking, oh, it's nice to see Wolves start a game like this. So I do think, yeah, it's, it's tough to find that balance to, to, to be a tough team to break down and also be extremely excited going forward. But it seems to be working, whatever they're doing right now. So hopefully long may it continue. Glad you watched the opening minutes of the season. Most Wolves fans were in the toilet still or putting their cup of tea on or, <laughs> yeah. or I was at the traffic lights around the corner just getting my kids. I don't think there was any chance that Wolves would be <laughs> scoring in the first few minutes of the game. Yeah. Um, but something else that Connor said after the game was about we build our foundation on clean sheets. I mean, that's it's pretty obvious from watching Wolves, isn't it? But that's their priority and that's the way they build, whereas other teams, it seems it's more a case of we'll score more goals than you and that's fun for the fans. But you can see why they build from the back like that, can't you? It does make sense. It gives them a great platform and it means you only need to score one goal, whether heavily deflected or not, to win any game. Yeah, and I, I actually remember uh, speaking to Connor, um, I think it was probably around a year ago, actually. And um, I was just saying to him, what are the major... Uh, differences that you've noticed since we've been playing the Premier League because obviously Connor hasn't really done that before Wolves went up to the Premier League and I said what how, how have you found it you know a lot of the personnel at Wolves hasn't really changed too much the philosophy hasn't really changed too much so what is the difference and he kind of just said to me the thing is that he finds uh, the most challenging is that you cannot switch off for a second he said the standard of players in the Premier League give them half a yard at any point in the game and you can get punished and it's, uh, it's it, I can imagine it's it's tough, you know, that the standard of players in the league is so high that you've got to be switched on for 90 minutes. And with Nuno, the positive is, is that he's a very demanding manager from uh, a concentration point of view, from a tactical point of view. So he makes sure the players are constantly switched on. And that's throughout every minute of every training session and clearly throughout every minute of every game. And uh, like Connor like Connor's obviously told the media today, that, that is that is exactly how Wolves are. They're, they're told to be very solid and to build off clean sheets and to, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a great starting point, isn't it? I mean, if you think about it, if you don't concede a goal, you've always got a chance of winning. So it's 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 a solid starting point and, and I just hope that they can find a way to become a little bit more exciting going forward in especially the first half of games and I think I think they'll be absolutely fine. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised that Wolves aren't an expansive team under Nuno. That's that's his bread and butter. You know, he's always throughout his career set set his teams up to get a clean sheet first and foremost. You know, even at even at Porto, he was he was criticised for that in a, in a team where there's only kind of two or three teams challenging for the title. And even in the Championship with Wolves, you know, there was a lot of one nils and 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 two nils, and you know, keeping it safe and solid at the back. That's the way he's been. They are trying to become more expansive, and as Nuno said at the start of the season, and it's a quote that he's going to be judged by every single week, and I, I see it on my timeline during every game. He wants more goals. He wants more possession. He wants to dominate games, but that's not going to happen overnight. Um, especially after the longest season in English football history, followed by a thirty-day break of which two days of those were on the training ground before the start of the season. No friendlies, no pre-season to speak of, 
all this disruption with COVID, with a ridiculous amount of international football in a short space of time. So we, we, he's a training ground manager. That's 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 what he is. He wants to be on the training ground with his players to teach them and evolve them into this new style that he wants. That is that is not going to happen in three, four, five weeks. So to grind out three fairly ugly but very efficient victories over Sheffield United, Fulham and now Leeds is impressive. And if Wolves can keep picking up results like this in the next few months as he looks to evolve the style, introduce new players into the team, then that's that's as that's as good as they can ask for really at the moment. So yeah, I'm 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 really impressed with, with these uh, with these last two results. And they've done it with all that disruption at left wing back and having sold Jota and Doherty who is a key part of the um, huge part of the team Doherty I and mean, Jota was on the bench okay but but not having Johnny and um, yeah yeah and absolutely Marcel coming in him going off injured the wingbacks tonight Samedo had a, had, he was probably the worst Wolves player on the pitch and that's you know that's not me um massively criticising him because he's not had much football he wasn't fit he's had to come off in his first two Wolves games because he's not 100% fit so he's going to take time to adjust and as you say on the other flank you've got Saiz filling in and doing an admirable job well, you've, got, you've got to say he's a fish out of water at left wing back but he's, he's done really well the last two games the wing backs are so important to Wolves so to have two guys filling in and still and producing such an impressive result tonight at White Leeds, you've, you've got to applaud them for that. Yeah, it wasn't Smedo's best game, Jordan. I saw him for Portugal against France and he was up against Kylian Mbappe on the same flank and, and he was much more impressive than against Leeds. Why do you think that was? Any ideas? Probably what it is, in my opinion, is that I think Semedo's fast. He's very, very, very fast. And I agree with Tim. I think he was Wolves' poorest player tonight, um, for sure. And I think that's partly because fast wingers and, I mean, fast is, when I say fast, I mean fast to the level of Kylian Mbappe fast, uh, will suit Semedo because everything's going to be a race and it's going to be balls in, in behind over the top of him that Mbappe's going to run onto. And he's probably going to match Kylian Mbappe or beat him even. I mean, he's probably one of the quickest fullbacks, wingbacks I've ever seen in football. So I think pacey games will suit Semedo. Whereas I think with Bielsa, he's got Helder and he's got Jack Harrison that have kind of evolved both as players since they've been at Leeds because they are doing a lot more tactically. They're harder to mark now. It's not necessarily the standout wide, give me the ball 1v1, let me kick it past you and run. It's now, you know, coming into pockets and changing flanks and running behind and coming short and early crosses and one-twos. And I think that for a defender like Semedo, that's a lot harder for him to mark. I think there's quite a lot of fullbacks out there that are like Semedo. Uh, I think Carl Walker's another perfect example when he plays at right back. I think any 1v1, when a ball gets played in the back over the top of him, or when a winger's running at him 1v1, it's it's almost impossible to get around him. Very similar to Wan-Bissaka. They're so quick, they're so good at defending, that it's hard to beat them. But when you're a winger that will then realise, I'm probably not going to beat Semedo, Walker, Wan-Bissaka for pace, and you start to come into areas where they don't really want to track you, or they're not sure, am I meant to follow him into that area? Is my centre-back going to take him? Is the holder mid going to take him? It can then become tricky. And I think that is the perfect way to try and get the better of a fullback who is extremely athletic, is when you kind of put them into positions where they don't really want to be, or show for the ball in areas where they're not sure if they should track you. 
And I feel like Jack Harrison kind of did that tonight with Semedo. And um, I don't think it was it was one of his best games in a wool shirt or a or a Portugal shirt for sure or a Barcelona shirt. But you know, he's he's I think he's going to be a, an absolutely fine addition to to Wolves. Um, he's obviously got a very good pedigree, and um, and I think once he gets settled into the team and he starts to understand the way Nuno wants to play more and exactly what he needs to do, I think he'll be a I think he'll be a welcomed addition to the squad. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We've got to talk about Max Kilman, man of the match performance. And Sean Hemmings has tweeted us saying, during the window, everyone said we needed another centre-back to strengthen. Did we have the answer all along in Max Kilman? Max is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, he's just so calm. And the, the way he is on the pitch and the way he plays is just what he's like as a, as a guy. He's so chilled. Um, he's so relaxed. The way he plays is so relaxed. He's obviously come from futsal, which is players that are very, very comfortable with the ball at their feet. Um, I really enjoy watching him. I've actually been a little bit frustrated almost that he hasn't played more. Um, but I suppose Nuno knows exactly what he's doing with Max and kind of easing him in and taking his time. But it started to get to a point up until a couple of weeks ago where he still hadn't played. I only think he came in for the, I think it was the Fulham game that might have been his first uh, start in ages in the Premier League and um, it kind of got to the point where I was thinking well, when's he going to play because I don't think they need to look elsewhere I think Max is extremely assured he's very composed he's very mature uh, he's a lovely lovely guy um, and I think that tonight's performance is a credit to him because it's tough when you're not playing week and week out to come into a to a team and perform to that level especially in the Premier League so I think he's uh, he's done himself um, massive credit tonight because I think that was a brilliant performance from him yeah, before the Fulham game, Max Kilman hadn't kicked a ball in the Premier League since the 29th of December last year in the 1-0 defeat at Liverpool. And he hadn't kicked a ball in the first team since February, the game against Espanyol. So what do you reckon, Tim? Do you think um, Nuno is now considering whether to keep Kilman in that slot on the left of the back three, bearing in mind he is left-footed, of course? It's his shirt. I'm not sure how you can leave him out after the two performances he's given, especially tonight. And you mentioned Saez, that. though, Nuno, doesn't he? I don't know. I, do, does he change that team? I, I, Kilman's a ready-made left-sided centre-half. That's his position. And you mentioned that Liverpool game. He was outstanding that day against the first-choice Liverpool team back in December at Anfield, a rowdy Anfield that night as well. And he more than held his own against Mo Salah, I remember specifically, him getting the better of him on a number of occasions. Jordan mentions his composure, and I think that's a key part of his game because when you get a young defender coming into a team in the Premier League with the intensity and the pace and the skill that goes with that, there must be a very easy tendency to have a real rabbit in the headlights. Oh my God, I'm not used to this. I don't know what I'm doing, kind of feel about it. But he's so composed, not nothing nothing gets to him at all. And I spoke to a few of his um, people who've worked with him before for a feature last year and his, his manager at Maidenhead, Alan Devonshire, um, who played a lot for West Ham in the 70s, he said, look, he's, he can get to the top. He said it's it's up to Max, basically, if he wants to get to the top. That That's how good he is. He's got all the attributes. 
his futsal background, it gets talked about a lot because it's unusual, but it gives him attributes that others haven't got really, and that natural composure on the ball, being able to work the ball in small spaces. And there's one occasion tonight, someone was running through the Leeds midfield, just about to get to the penalty area, and he slid in with a perfect sliding tackle, and Wolves are a bit under the cosh at this stage, about 10 minutes to go, and it would have been easy to hoof it upfield, but no, he kept onto the ball, he dribbled forward about 10 yards, he laid it off to Neto, and then he shuffled back into position. I'm just like, Max, that is superb, that's exactly what you want from him. He's, he's tall, he's good in the air, he's a really good lad, and it's his shirt for me, he's, he's, got, he's got to carry on playing. Yeah, Nuno was asked post-match about him and um, he was asked whether it was a good thing to have another English player coming in and he completely rejected that. He said, no, I don't look at passports. It's got nothing to do with nationality. He's uh, just a very good player. He said he played well. He started reading and anticipating the lines the more the game went on. Good pass forward for fast attacks. He played well, he said. Uh, becoming stronger and how he didn't used to be in the first team reckoning a couple of years ago, but really now he's ready to go. And Connor Cody afterwards as well, very highly entertaining clip of uh, Connor um, post-match talking to the guys in the Sky studio. Let's have a listen to it now when he was told that Max Kilman was man of the match. Connor, tell us about Max Kilman, who played alongside you in the last two games and got man of the match tonight. Did he? Oh, he's right. Go <laughs> 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 to He's been brilliant, honestly. He's, he's been with us for years now. <laughs> Stop laughing, making a show of me. That's coming. Brilliant. He's been with us for years, honestly. He's been with us for years. He's listened. He, he, he's a great lad, and he's learned the role inside out. Like I said, he's been with us now for three or four years, and tonight I thought he was brilliant again. He's, he, he gives us a bit of balance on that left hand side, as does Saïs as does Saïs as well. But like I said, he's been brilliant the last two games, and he'll keep on improving and getting better. And that, that, that's all I can say about him. It's a pleasure. He's got this futsal background, hasn't he? Do you see this in training then? It, what is it, the tight control, the ball skills? All the time, yeah. He loves having battles with Adama. Most people don't go near Adama in training, and he, he full-on fights with him, so he loves that side of it. Like I said, he's improved loads after, after the last few years, and he was brilliant again tonight, and he deserves man on the match, by the way. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> he seemed to think that, that Connor was expected to get man of the match, but he could yeah. have done. Connor was brilliant himself, wasn't he? But just going back to Kilman there, and about how he loves, loves having a fight with Adama Traore in training and nobody else goes near him. From your experience of Max, and you've trained with him, what is he like? Yeah, I think Max is is, is really, really good in all areas. Uh, I've only trained with him a few times, but when I did, he, he just seems he's just super composed. He's it's what, what I couldn't I couldn't put it any better than what you saw tonight was exactly what I've seen of Max firsthand, and I think he's he's a fantastic young player. He's I know it might sound probably a bit crazy right now, but I think. I think he could be well in uh, England's sights, to be honest with you. I think England are, um, I think their weakest area on the pitch is in centre-halves. And I think it has been for a little while now. And I think Connor deserved every part of that call-up that he had. And I think he's been brilliant when he's played for England. And I think that most of the people in the media that I've seen on Twitter, people that I've spoke to are, are kind of saying, Connor has, has to play for England moving forward. He has to be England's centre-half because... I don't think I've seen enough of Joe Gomez in an England shirt to, to, to warrant a start all the time. Tyrone's in and out. Um, Harry Maguire's been really poor of late. Uh, John Stones doesn't play enough for City and he's injured constantly. Uh, I think Connor has took his chance and he's been absolutely fantastic. And I think a lot of the uh, I think a lot of the England players as well quite like how vocal he is and he's 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 just a natural leader. Connor is, and I think with Max, 
young left-footed English centre-halves are very hard to come by. And I think that he is doing really, really well. He needs to keep his feet firm on the ground. Uh, he needs to keep listening, working hard, uh, play as well as he's played tonight when he gets his chances. And I, I agree with Tim. I, I think it's going to be his shirt to lose now. I think when uh, Marcel becomes fully fit again and when Johnny comes back into the side and that left-sided centre-half position is available, I think... I think Max has to stay there for now. Well, England have got him getting quickly because he has got Russian and Ukrainian heritage, believe it or not. He speaks fluent Russian as well, you know. Um, oh, does he? I but, didn't know that. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Um, I think I think his parents... I think he was born in London, but yeah, his parents have both got Ukrainian and Russian heritage, which is interesting. He's got, he's got a, fa- a fascinating backstory, you know, from futsal to Maidenhead and then plucked from Maidenhead into the under-23s. At Wolves, and then six months later, Nuno's right. Okay, you're part of this first team squad now, and Wolves Wolves love that story because when they're looking at prospective signings, youth players or, or players down the leagues or wherever, really, they can say, "Look, we took this kid from nowhere, and six months later, he's in the first team squad." So you know, play your cards right, and that that can be you as well. Um, and I think people within the club have probably thought he's, he was deserving of more of a chance certainly certainly last season but the form of Romain Say sort of kept him out of the team so um, it's a great story and uh, yeah long may it continue for Max Yeah and Gareth Southgate was watching the match at Elland Road and uh, he was probably looking more at Calvin Phillips and Connor Cody but I bet Max Kilman would have caught his eye wouldn't he yeah he was well, born the, in well, Chelsea the, the, the other thing to say which is rare about rare about Kilman or, or rare of of centre halves is he's so tall. He's, he's a he's a good six foot and a, and a few more, but he's so technically good good and sound on the ball. You know he's not a clogger at all. So he sort of he sort of got both at the same time, which is very rare for a centre half. And you're right, I'm sure I'm sure Gareth Southgate would have uh, would have noticed that instantly. And um, Jordan, a real focus of this podcast the last couple of weeks when Wolves haven't looked very solid, they haven't got to grips with this new possession-based style of play as yet. Of course, there are reasons for that, with the lack of training time, lack of pre-season, etc. Just feeling their way into the season. But we were noticing that the midfield wasn't functioning as a unit in a way that it needs to. What was your view in the Leeds game of the way that Moutinho and Dendonka played? And were you surprised that Moutinho got the nod ahead of Neves? Um, I wouldn't say I'm surprised, no. Um, I think uh, Joao's a fantastic footballer. I think that's clear and obvious. I think Ruben is also a fantastic footballer. And I think that it could almost be a toss of a coin, really, uh, between those two. Um, I think that they are both technically fantastic. They both get about the pitch. Um, and I think that they both can offer fantastic things to Wolves in the way that Wolves want to and try and play. But I feel when they play together, um, I just think they're not as dynamic as maybe they should be because they're both not necessarily runners. They can get about the pitch, but they're not runners. They're not... They're more on the ball kind of players, and I mean they can put a tackle in. Don't get me wrong, and they can get back the pitch, but not to the not to the level that Leander can. I think Leander is so mobile, he covers so much ground, um, and he's also very very good on the ball. And I feel like Wolves are always a better team with Leander in there with either Joao or Ruben instead of Joao and Ruben together. It's I just I've always felt the same way about it. I just think that. Leander gives such a good balance to the squad, uh, to the to the eleven on the pitch, the way that Wolves want to play. Off the ball, he, he's so mobile, he's so fit, he's strong, he gets about, he put tackles in, he's also very composed and good on the ball. Obviously not to the level of the other two, 
But I feel like when he's in there, they, they just look much more dynamic. And I think tonight was a prime example of that, especially against the lead side that were always going to have more possession throughout the game. I think that, that Nuno got it bang on today. I think another thing you'd point out is that we said time and again last season how poor Wolves' bench was in terms of quality and not having many kind of first-team ready-made options. Tonight he can bring on Traore for Pedence, which was a surprise to me at the time because Pedence was playing well, but you know Traore came on and did all right, stretched the play. And then you can bring Neves on for Matinho. I mean, incredible options to have on the bench as well. And Matinho was more of, more of a sitting option tonight. He didn't do much going forward. Um but his tackles and interceptions were, were pretty good from the numbers I saw earlier. And we championed Dendonka last week, didn't we, Jackie? He's, he's, he's got to play at the moment. He's got to be in that team. He offers something that the others don't. He's good in both boxes. And with Leeds, a running team, you know, they run more than any other team in the league, Sky was saying before the match tonight. You need someone like Dendonka in there to, to cope with that pressure. And I thought he did a really good job that, that probably went a little bit unnoticed tonight. Matt Hunt makes a very good point. When we inevitably end up on Sky box office, will there be an option for us to watch just the second half of games for £7.50? Well, yeah, but everyone gets everyone gets so bored and frustrated in that first half as well. You must have seen it on Twitter, Jackie. My timeline was yes. horrendous. Oh, yeah. People getting bonkers. Do you think the reaction is a bit too strong for Wolves fans who were, were bored at half-time, not happy with the performance, because they feel the start of the season has been slow and, and frankly, not very entertaining? They just, want, they just want more from, from what they've seen of a very, very talented and, and, and gifted team over the past couple of years. And, you know, it was a frustrating first half. Jimenez, at one point, who had nothing to do in the game at all, he wasn't in the game. And he kind of shuffled towards halfway to get involved in the game. And he had his arms both outstretched, kind of saying, give me the ball, give me the ball. And nobody gave him the ball. And then Wolves gave it away and Leeds were on the attack. And it was like, God. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a frustrating watch. Um, I understand fans sat at home venting their spleen, not happy with what they're watching, and then they can delete the tweets later in the second half when, when Wolves go and win the game. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. But I mean, Wolves have, Jordan, three times the number of points that they had at this stage last season. They've got nine points now, sixth in the table. It's extraordinary the teams that they're above compared to three points, three draws it was, and two successive defeats at this stage last season. Do you think that Nuno deserves credit for the fact that he's managed to get that number of points on the board and the players, of course, despite the fact that they have all those setbacks that we've talked about with the lack of pre-season and the transition and the internationals and the craziness revolving uh, COVID and trying to settle in players when players can't go and see each other and spend time together outside of the training ground. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's funny that you, that you just mentioned that, actually, Jackie, because I was going to say that a minute ago. I was about to say it's sometimes you have to, you know, take a step back and actually realise where Wolves are and where Wolves were three years ago, three and a half years ago. And 
to be sat here as Wolves are currently sixth in the Premier League, getting to the quarterfinals last year or semis, quarterfinals or semis of the Europa League the season before, um, complaining about them not being so expansive in the first half of games as they sit sixth in the Premier League. It's it is it's it's absolutely fantastic for the club um, and obviously me being at Wolves for such a long time and playing for Wolves and I'm I, I'm so glad for so many people there some really good friends that I've got there um, staff wise player wise uh, people in the academy it's just it's brilliant for the club because you know there there was some to, to think why well, I mean I remember having a, a really bad game a dark day for me personally playing for Wolves away at Sheffield Wednesday four years ago. And as we sat, I don't know where we were, probably mid to second part of the championship table. And four years later, three and a half years later, four years later, we sat here as they sit sixth in the Premier League, complaining that they don't have enough shots or score enough goals in the first half of Premier League games. So on reflection, I think it's amazing for Wolves. And it's always good to reflect and, and think where you were and where you've come from not so long ago. And uh, hopefully long may the rise continue because from, from some of the signs I've seen this season... People have kind of written Wolves off compared to where they've been and seem like people have worked Wolves out now when they know what they're doing and their formation's too rigid and they're not exciting to watch and blah, 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 blah. But they sit sixth in the Premier League tonight and I think everyone deserves credit, the the manager, the players, everyone from from, from the bottom up because they're a real unit. They've got a clear way of playing, a clear way of wanting to do what they do. And on reflection from where we were four years ago, I think the club is certainly on the up for sure. I think the, the the best thing for me about it is that Nuno is fully well aware of these problems. He's, he's not a manager that's that's buried his head in the sand and he's saying everything's great. You know, after the Fulham game, he was so critical of them, more critical than I've seen of him in a while. And he said we were disjointed, we were, we were poor going forward, we weren't creative, we weren't linking with each other. He was critical, and he gave a really fascinating interview with Sky Sports last week kind of talking about this new cycle that he's that he's alluded to in this new style of play. And he's, and he said how Wolves have been perhaps a little bit too predictable and teams are starting to suss them out a bit. So, you know, we need to do something different. He said it's up to the current players to, to, to really step up. We shouldn't necessarily be relying on the new signings to make an impact right away, which reflects, you know, the age of the players they bought in this window. So he's looking long-term as well as short-term, you know, Grinding out a few results the last few weeks whilst looking to the long term, whilst slowly looking to to gradually become a more expansive team with more possession, etc. So given what he's done in the last th- three years, it would be hard to doubt um, that he's got a plan in mind and that he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, that Sky Sports article you referred to, Nuno says about why the team is evolving when things are going so well. Why change the style of play? And he says, for numerous reasons. One is simple. Our opponents know us better, so we cannot be so predictable. That has to make us move forward, but I do not see it as a risk. I see it as something that should give us more confidence to compete. Having more weapons only makes you better. With how the game in the Premier League is going, we cannot just stay the same. We must evolve and change and do things differently. It's about adding more and more new details. Uh, do you agree with that, Jordan? The fact that if Wolves stand still, they effectively go backwards because everybody else evolves and everybody else knows what they're going to do. Yeah, I do, yeah. And I, I, I really do um, buy into uh, Wolves' philosophy um, in terms of their signings. Uh, I think they are... I mean, Wolves have... They have a lot of money, you know. They're not, they're not a... They're not a team in the Premier League that struggles financially. They can go out there and spend 
30, 40, 50 million pounds on players. Uh, they could be buying superstars, really. They could be trying to attract some huge players that are maybe getting a little older, that have massive names and bring them to the club to kind of uh, make people talk about Wolves. But I don't think that's necessarily what they're interested in at all. They they got good money for Matt. Um, they got good money for Diogo and they have spent that on no superstars, really. Um, Semedo's still young. I mean, he was at a massive club, but I don't think he's a superstar. Uh, Fabio Silva's obviously a young, exciting prospect. Um, the boy from Liverpool uh, is fantastic, I think. I think I've seen him in a couple of games and he looks really, really good. Um, the, the the young right wing-back, Aitnori, their sign from France, is really exciting. Um, I think they've got... I think they've, they've done some really good business. I think their philosophy is what a lot of teams should aspire to do because they like players, they like to sign players that suit what the way they want to play moving forward. They're normally pretty young. Um, most of their signers are, are, are players that are under the age of 25, apart from only a few that I, that I can think of. And I think that they, they, they like to do good, shrewd business. They're, they sell players at the right time when they feel that they can improve them with other players. They don't do any silly business. And I feel like that they are definitely a club that other teams should look at and, and, and try and copy their, their philosophy and how they go about things. Yeah, also in that interview, he talks about not relying on the new players that have come in. I think it's easy for fans to say, right, who are you signing? Who are you signing? Thinking that they'll come in, go into the first team or at least come off the bench and make a real difference and improve the team from the season before. But Nuno's really trying to steer the fans away from those kind of expectations. And he repeated in his press conference after this interview, uh, before this game, that he felt that the team, the first team players who are already there need to grow, need to evolve and need to make this team stronger and again we keep repeating it because we think it's relevant he hasn't had that time on the training ground with those players to get them to improve this season so is that a reason to be optimistic Jordan I can't stress enough how important training is it's when you set the foundations it's when it's, it's when you learn it's, it's when you improve it's when you get to try things it's when you become better and I think with the lack of training that Wolves have had with these new players to be where they are at the table right now and putting some of the performances that they have done so far this season, I think it's a credit to themselves and a credit to the manager and the staff there because it's not easy. It's, it's not easy at, at my level at, at the moment in League One to be able to do that, let alone in the Premier League coming up against some of the teams and players that they are. So I think they're doing absolutely fine and they will only improve with these players get to gel more, the new players get to learn certain things that they probably don't know at the moment about how the manager wants them to play moving forward. Um, and I think that it's, it's, it's an exciting time for the club and it's an exciting time for the players as well. Yeah, Nuno also says, I believe you cannot ask the same things of different players. What you must create is a base and then let the strong points of the player show themselves in those moments. You can't ask other people to do the same thing. So he's talking about changing the players and saying how not having Johnny and Matt Doherty means that Wolves are going to be very, very different and the new players need to learn to do different things. And so the team will look different. So it does sound like it's a work in progress, but um, have you seen much of Fabio Silva at all? You probably wouldn't have paid £10 to sit at home and watch him against Stoke, I wouldn't have thought. I mean, we had Tim complaining about getting paid to actually go and watch it in the stadium and the rest oh, of us are playing start. at home. Hey? <laughs> and I paid £2.50 to listen to... Mikey and Tomo as well. But anyway, that's fine, Tim. That's fine. Um, but yes, we haven't seen a great deal of him. But is he somebody that you might have seen for a few minutes that you think could potentially offer something this season? He sits on the bench every game. To be honest, when Wolves signed him in summer for obviously such a large fee, I was kind of like, 
hmm, let me let me have a look and, and see what he's about. So I did actually I did actually log on to YouTube and, and, and type him in and, and I sat I remember sitting there for about 10, 15 minutes and watched a lot of the little uh, YouTube videos on him of his skills and his and his performances for, for Porto. I think some were in the in the younger team, some were in the first team. I don't think he played too many minutes for Porto, but he looks like he's got bags of ability and I mean when you're getting bought by a club for, for that kind of fee at such a young age there's there's clearly he clearly has a lot of talent and I mean if I was a Wolves fan I wouldn't be too worried that he's not playing too much to be honest at the moment I think that Nuno clearly knows what he's doing with easing these players in it's it's a it is like you said earlier Jackie it's a work in progress with this squad and he has a time frame in his mind I'm sure of when he wants to introduce Fabio Silva to the team uh, what kind of game he wants him to play in um, the importance of the game whether it be a cup game or a Premier League game I think that he knows exactly what he's doing with him I mean he he definitely knows more than we do because he sees him firsthand every day in training but I think that he's an exciting prospect there's no doubt about that and I'm excited to see him in, in a wool shirt when he does get his minutes on the pitch. And just finally, Tim, thoughts on the game at home to Newcastle on Sunday afternoon, which is not pay-per-view. So if you have Sky already, then uh, you won't have to pay any extra for that. Newcastle with two wins, two defeats and a draw. No clean sheet since the opening day. What do you reckon? Yeah, they're an inconsistent team. And these this next couple of batch of home games, Newcastle, Palace at home, it's a really uh, interesting test for how this team is developing and how they're going to approach games like this at home at Molyneux. You know, we've referenced it a lot, but, you know, Nuno wants them to dominate games more. They had 30% possession for most of tonight. You know, they're not going to have that against Newcastle. The onus is going to be on them to attack. So we'll see a different style of play. And they were lucky against Fulham in what was probably a similar sort of game there. Fulham should have equalised late on. Man City sort of tore them apart um, in the early stages. So the two home games haven't reflected too well on what on what we know Wolves can do. So after a week on the training ground, which is the most important thing for me, um, hopefully we'll see a, an improved performance um, and a decent result as well. I, I would I would expect that. And Jordan, what are you expecting from Wolves against Newcastle? I was watching the pre-match interview on Sky with uh, with Leander, and he was saying about. The question got asked him about being a more possession-based team this season, having more of the ball. And um, I think that he, he probably knew himself, Nuno probably knew, and then everyone that watched the game tonight probably knew that Wolves weren't going to have more possession tonight. Um, Leeds are a very good team in possession. They keep the ball really well. And I don't think Wolves were expecting to have line share possession tonight. So they had their game plan that would obviously have took that kind of power away from Leeds by nullifying what they had in the second half which they did and they ex- executed that game plan to perfection really um, but I think yeah against Newcastle I think that they are going to have more of the ball uh, than Newcastle certainly a lot more of the ball than they had tonight and then it becomes breaking Newcastle down um, I think Newcastle are very inconsistent uh, when I've watched them play in the la- over the last year or so or however long Steve Bruce has been there I think sometimes you watch them and they, they can be really good they can be dangerous they've got some maximum they've got got good creativity in midfield with Shelby. I mean, the signing of Callum Wilson up top has kind of added goals now, more goals than they were certainly getting from Joel Linton anyway. So they can be good on their day. They can be really good. They can cause teams problems, but they can also be really poor. And I think that if Wolves are at it on Sunday and they are they go there with the right game plan, they, they move the ball quickly, I think the switch of play will kill Newcastle. Um, and I think that they can, they can get a positive result on Sunday and, and keep pushing up that table. 
And the good thing from Nuno's perspective is he has a good few days with his players on the training ground. He will absolutely love that, won't he? Jordan, thank you so much for joining us on the Molyneux View podcast again. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Anytime. I'm always oh. here whenever you guys ask me to oh, come Oh, we on. love having you on. Thank you so much, especially the night before a game. I hope Gillingham fans aren't listening to this, but yeah, uh, no, good yeah, luck. I get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> good luck against Portsmouth. Good to hear that you're able to lie in. I'll be, uh, I'll be heading to Oxford against MK Dons, uh, both teams you played recently. But thank you so much, Jordan. Thank you, Tim. Well, I've just got to say before we wrap up to our loyal listeners that if you've got any plans on Saturday evening, then cancel them immediately because prime time, ITV1, 8pm, the Queen of Codsall, Jackie Oatley, is making her debut, long-awaited, highly anticipated debut on Celebrity Chase. So <laughs> cancel oh, everything you're doing. I did not know that, so I will make sure I'm tuning in. Well, she didn't know it either. She thought she was on in December, but she uh, she <laughs> manically texted me the other day saying, it's on Saturday. <laughs> so um, I, I've got no idea how Jackie did. You recorded this a, a month or two ago, didn't you, Jackie? I don't want to know how you did because I don't want any spoilers. But um, um, if, it, if it does go badly, we might have a different host next Monday, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. They did tell me it'd be on in December and someone tweeted me saying, you're on this Saturday. My heart sank. I thought, oh, I made such an idiot of myself. I, I can't <laughs> how I did but I just talked utter drivel and I did talk about wolves as well so I would watch Strictly if I were you over on the other side but um, it's all for charity that's all I can say thank you Tim <laughs> thank you Jordan good luck against Portsmouth Jordan and thanks again thank you very much. and to everybody else make sure you're a subscriber to The Athletic because if you are then you can go back and look at Tim's rather marvellous article about Max Kilman and his Ukrainian and Polish Polish Russian, Russian. He's definitely not Polish. Wait, well, you'd have got that wrong on the chase, wouldn't you? Bloody hell. <laughs> that and lots of other questions. Oh, my goodness. Have a read of that. Have a read of everything else. It's only a pound a month. And listen to our podcast without any adverts, by the way, via the Athletic app. I highly recommend it. See you next week. Bye for now.